0: What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 49 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Hey, guys. (laughs) This is going to be our Aussie Open episode. We decided we have so much wonderful stuff to talk about this week in disc golf that we're going to devote this as a mini podcast that is purely devoted to the Aussie Open and the terrific coverage that came out of it, and the awesome finish, and just... I and, mean,
1: depending on who you are, awesome yeah, finish.
0: Yeah, awesome for, for a couple of people, one person. and right. mostly and, one person. And, and I think, in time, will be awesome for others. But nonetheless, it was a terrific tournament and a great time, and and we enjoyed watching it come to a very exciting finish on the very last hole. So, yeah. We are not going to follow our normal format on on this podcast. We have no deer review to do. So there will be no disc and beer pairing where we take a disc and take a beer and review them. But, I mean, we are uh,
1: taking testers of of beers throughout the the podcast just to make sure we're still on point.
0: And we are going to record a second podcast later this week that will include our world-famous deer pairing and uh, cover a lot of the other topics that we've been... Thinking about over the last week that have that have come down in disc golf yeah. news, so slightly different format, but we felt it'd be nice to do a episode that was devoted purely to the Aussie Open. Disc golf is back. Disc golf is back, like with a punch. Yeah, and it won't be too long till we have some more, you know, really, until we have the Gentlemen's Club Open that will be the next major right. one, which is isn't too too long from now. But uh, as as Bill, do you have anything you want to jump into before we we just hit the Aussie
1: Open? I think yeah, I think before we roll, I think it still has to do with Aussie Open. But I, I do know, you know, a lot of our episodes and a lot by a lot I mean like the last two have been about who is playing the Aussie Open, but I think more so who isn't playing the Aussie Open, mm-hmm. which is a bummer to not see all of the big names. But if you paid attention, if you watched. I don't think it would have mattered.
0: I, I totally agree. 100% agree.
1: I think it was awesome, and I would have loved to see more faces out there, but the the number one and number two, and and partially number three and number four, I think five even, were big-time scores and did some crazy things that wouldn't matter who was out there. They, they were doing work.
0: Yeah. I, I think one thing was clear that we touched on briefly before this, but it was even more clear watching all the coverage, which was filmed and produced by uh, Jomez Productions and then put out on the Spin TV YouTube channel. And we know from the beginning when this course was created by UC Moresma that this was a bomber's course. Yeah. uh, That he set this course up to be a very long course. I think it's like a total 10,000 feet. Or, something, or maybe eleven, yeah. something it's, close it's, to that.
1: It's dirty. It's the, the total it's distance. Big.
0: Yeah, the total distance on the course is really, really long compared to your your normal eighteen-hole course, and that it is set up for for players that you know have big arms and can get way, way down the fairway, and it's kind of set to to you have to hit certain spots and then make your second shot, and if you execute those first two shots, you're going to be in line for a birdie. It's not really a course that if you don't have that big arm that you can attack very well. well. But
1: even uh, to go a little bit further, it's a big forehand and backhand. Uh-huh. Like it, you need both. I really think so. You I do. know um, there are people out there who are like, "Well, I'll just turn over stuff" or like yeah. flip and turn. But you need to have them on this course. You really do.
0: Mm-hmm. There's multiple. There were multiple holes. They were really just there was no other throw than than the forehand, right? Uh, and we're talking it, so. like
1: three seventy three, four hundred foot forehands, not yeah, you know, not a two fifty because it's like a crazy dog leg. Like yep, you you need some juice on that forehand and some accuracy to get it to go where you want.
0: Yeah, so that that became apparent right away on on this tournament was just it was being made to look easy by what they were doing, but. But when you looked at what was actually happening, that these guys were getting 500 feet off the tee and and you know lacing a fairway and staying out of staying out of bounds, and then having this easy shot on this 600 foot hole to to card a birdie, right? You know that that goes into the trees. That it it really was set up for these big time, you know these big arms like Eagle and Ricky and Paul and even Monabu who yeah. is extremely smooth but he's got some power too. You know what Avery
1: said in the in the commentary and I think he he really did nail that uh the that Monabu is pound for pound like the furthest driving player
0: in disc golf. It it's it certainly looks like it. He is not a big dude. No. And living legend in in Japan in terms of of disc golf. He's there. I I feel like it's Almost, I think it's nine championships. Right, I think he has nine championships. So I'm gonna
1: take my step back real quick. I'll I'll cry about it more later. Skip Ace,
0: <laughs> get this dude in your system. I know, <laughs> Joe. I, I'll say this. Joe did tell me before any of this happened, and I think you even you even kind of. Uh, got angry I'm about it on about the last, last podcast week, yeah. that that he was absolutely going to put manabu in for fourth place but he wasn't there in the skip base skip com, which is fantasy disc golf and you can create your own leagues and we've done one for the disc golf podcast if you want to find it we are it's the disc golf podcast on skip com. Not,
1: not like there's one disc golf pod or something there like is that.
0: disc golf pod but that's not that's an imposter but the disc golf podcast in our Password is deer. D-E-E-R. Like like Bambi. Right. Uh, but anyways,
1: dude is good. Yeah. He is so clean in almost everything he does. Clean off the tee. Approach game, amazing. Yes. If I could purely just have his approach game, take away the drives, you don't really need the putts. Like... He hit that bullseye. So that's something they did at Aussie Open and I think it's gonna live in the uh disc golf world tour. I think it did last year too, mm-hmm. but they you could tell like in commentary they were really trying to nail down that they have an inner circle that I think is like ten are uh
0: the the bullseye. The bullseye, right? Yeah. I got a little tired of the bullseye. Right, references. the bullseye,
1: which I feel is like ten feet or something. It's yeah. probably like three meters. I, yeah, probably. Something uh, like that. It's probably three meters. But it's like uh they have, there's a red circle around the basket and he put so many of his upshots straight in that bullseye
0: yeah he really did and uh i think you know Manabu has competed in other other tournaments he was at worlds last year right uh you know we've seen him before there's not a ton of video out there for us to really see so this was kind of a, a coming out party to, right to i knew that i
1: knew the name like like rob was saying it wasn't like a name that i was like who is this guy yeah but um i'll be i'll be honest when i go to make my picks either for podcast or for skip ace one of the first thing that i do actually we do it together when we look at the pdga page or disc golf world tour page we sort by rating yeah like that's you know it means it makes sense yeah to look at the top rated players and I think he was number four. He was. He was, you know, he's like a 1050, uh, or not 1050. He's like a 1020 yeah. rated disc golfer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good. Yeah. He's better than I thought he'd be. And I know yeah. he was at Worlds, and I think there was a sprinkling. He might have been, like, on a card that was televised. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I'll call it televised, whatever. Um, But he was really clean, and he played incredibly well. And, uh, I'm excited to see him more, but of course he's out of Japan mm-hmm. and that makes it tough, you know, and, we... and I think he's still out of Japan. I think the only reason like Lesat, well, he's Lesat, so I guess not the only reason, but one of the reasons Lasot got so big in, in, uh, the sport of disc golf is he made the decision to just come and be in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and play out of the U.S. and, and be kind of U.S. based during the touring season or just in general, mm-hmm. and I don't think Monabu is in that realm or has the ability to do that at this point in
0: time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I hope. I would so. love to hear more and and you know possibly get some interview you know material out of him. So,
1: um, I mean, with that said, <laughs> I try to do a straight face. Is Monabu the face of Prodigy Disc Golf?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it, there's there's absolutely no question that he could be a force uh, on the you know, and and win a major in in the in the U S. and and he, I mean, I hope he get i I want him to play
1: De La so bad. Yeah, he's clean. Yeah, like I feel like he could he could do well on that course. I agree. I think if Memorial has the same layout as it did last year. Sorry, I'm getting way ahead of everything. Where there's that big bomber like uh, ball golf course mixed in, yeah, it'll be a little. You mean rough. Masters? You said Memorial. Oh, sorry, I meant Masters. I meant Masters. Yeah, if Masters does that same thing, we'll see. But he's still I don't know. a that, bomber. That's a
0: excellent question. I don't know if whether for, they're going to yeah. do that again. Um, it, it you know with new sponsorship, you know, being the with Innova being the the headliner, you know, it's it's possible they keep it. Maybe it goes you know stays the same. I know. I said at the time that I wasn't a huge fan of it being the the final round, right? Uh, for I, for and that I tournament. agree, I think we were you uh, know agreeance I for I don't sure. mind incorporating that that as part of it, but I feel that the the final round should be on the classic course that you know it should be played on the holes that everyone else has. Right,
1: the classic slash possibly the best course in California. Yeah, yeah, probably a top ten course in the states. I don't know. Yes. I say world, but. Top ten of the states for sure. I'd say so. Yeah, why not? I might even say world. Yeah. Um, listen, go play De La.
0: <laughs> If you if you go to to disc golf course review and rank all courses in the world by rating it, it appears in the top ten. It should. So I, It should.
1: So yeah, I think a final
0: round should be there. Yeah. So it 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 was it was fun to watch. It, it's not kind of a treat for us that we don't normally get to see to see a new player that is uh, not a new player, but a player that we don't regularly right. talk right. about or see and see how good they are. Right. And it was, that was really impressive. Uh, the, the big story out of all of this is the, is Eagle coming out and playing lights out from the beginning. He, he led all, but I think like two holes in the entire tournament Yep, and, and was just, on fire he he threw sixteen down Ricky Wysocki threw seventeen down he, Ricky Wysocki and Eagle I think threw like i got it was it had to be close to eleven hundred rated golf over the over the tournament yeah not not eleven hundred but but it it was up there in the high. super close easily uh so right. you look at the we're looking at the scoring for the 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 fourth round on the disc golf world tour website. <laughs> And it is on their frames for the fourth round. It is almost all birdies. Like they're Ricky Wysocki has two pars on on this and the rest is Birdies. Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable. And that that's not the only round that looks like that. Did they were just playing well, no, like, out of their mind. that wasn't Ricky's best round. <laughs> yeah. It was this really was the Ricky and Eagle show mm-hmm. for the entire time. And and Paul Macbeth Played really, really well. Also, there he didn't. He did. He did. But I'll tell you right now,
1: that is the most missed putts I have ever seen.
0: I don't think so. From Paul McBeth in the beginning, yes, he was missing putts early, but he started to to bang them going through the tournament. He did, but still, I mean, and and we were talking about early last year when we were trying to when Ricky was surging and Paul McBeth wasn't winning. We talked about him missing putts and he was it, he was way worse then in true. terms of missing putts true. than he was but he, he was started in this getting tournament. on fire
1: at the la, at the end of yeah. last year um, but i think for me you know i've got i've got 2015 paul in my head yeah who did not miss putts
0: i know but you're forgetting about the 2016 where there was i know there was so it's true I, I don't think that i think just because of the way the scores ended up i don't think that's reflective on how paul played he didn't get out to the start the in the in the second round now he tied with Ricky in the in the first round. Right. And Eagle got out to the hot round. Right. Um But, but I mean I guess
1: th- the missed putts isn't um and I'm going it's not the outside the circle that he was money in fifteen. Like there was a good amount of like twenty feet like twenty foot and in putts that he missed left. Yeah. That he put he put weak side and, and popped out. He there was like one or two that I think you throw that same putt 10 times and nine are going to stick. Mm-hmm. So it was a handful of ones that like I'm blown away they didn't stick that that didn't but for him to be hitting weak side yeah. that many times was crazy in my mind. Yeah.
0: But overall I I don't think that he played poorly at all. No, aside no, from no, no, some no. really missed putts and someone pointed this out we have a in, in our slack group that we have specifically for the disc golf podcast that we created, um, where you can join us too. But someone pointed out a couple of screenshots from the video where Macbeth was literally tacoing in his hand a McPro Pro Aviar. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the McPro Pro Aviar, they are extremely stiff. Mm-hmm. They are not. They are not a soft plastic at all. And it was partially, I'm sure, him being angry at his putter, and also a testament to the heat. That we haven't well, you saw talked about yet
1: on uh, on Instagram, like in the first round, he split a rock three. Yeah, or maybe just a rock. I think it was a rock three. But basically, like been, you, you he might hit, be right. He hit a the... he hit a tree or a rock, and it just broke.
0: It just fell apart. It and split
1: down the middle, which is crazy.
0: And that was the other big factor in this tournament was that it reached one hundred and five degrees during With during gross flight. humidity. And it's the kind of course where you look at it and you are either in full shade or in full sun. Yep. So and the there was it's a a ball golf course, so there are wide open fairways and then there are tree lined rough, and so they kind of tried to work it with for disc golf and tuck the baskets in in the rough and places, but overall, your disc you're throwing it out in this wide open blazing hot sun fairway. Right. So. Right, it it's take... also
1: ball golf in super hot Australia, not ball golf in the states where you know yeah. it's manicured uh, fairways that are nice and green and watered mm-hmm. that might uh, you know keep a little heat off you. You know it's just blazing hot
0: yeah. everywhere. Well, and and if you're throwing a disc 400 feet and it's going to sit in that 105 degree weather out in the sun for that long, by the time you walk up and get to it and pick up that disc, it will have spent, you know, 5-10 minutes just heating up. And that is plenty of time for plastic to superheat.
1: No, totally. Well, there's a... I think in the first or second round, um, it's pointed out that the reflective stamp on Paul's disc, like, burnt his thumb.
0: Yeah. Crazy. So, I, I, I've had a couple of times we play in California and I played in, uh, central California for a while where it does get very hot, similar temperatures. It can get to 105 and even more on a, on a really, really bad day. Um, and typically I would say just don't play on those days. Right. But if you had to, I mean, I used to, uh, I used to use either the rain fly or a cover on my bag so that my bag wasn't sitting out in it. The other thing you can do, is mark your disc as soon as you possibly can. Yeah. Don't let it sit out there just because it's... it's True. But well, it
1: takes a lot longer to get your disc when it's, you when know, it's 500 yeah. feet out than it is 250
0: feet <laughs> out. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get out 230 feet and mark your disc and, and get up and take it. But, man, that that's a pretty extreme. And I think that Paul's putting probably had more to do with the fact that his putters, which he likes a very stiff putter, yes. were... were well, and that's, Very the, much that's
1: the reason McProplastic exists. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, he was able to specify it to what he wants, and yeah. it definitely wasn't what he wanted Yeah, uh,
0: out there on the course, for so, sure. I think it's time we reveal it and let everyone who doesn't know. I'm sure most people that are listening know. Greg Barsby <laughs> won. The, <no. laughs> Greg Barsby did not. He but this tournament came down to the final hole, and in the final round, Eagle and... And Ricky were just going head to head. I believe that the round was start. yeah,
1: it was Eagle, Ricky, and everyone else for sure.
0: It really was. They were ten strokes ahead. Yep, of 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 everyone else. So it, it really was Eagle and Ricky, and Eagle, I believe, had a three stroke lead on Rick going yep. in, into the final round, and uh, and in the previous round, in the third round, Ricky had taken a it had either tied or taken a one stroke lead for a single hole but then proceeded to like triple bogey right. the next hole and and end up you know staying three strokes behind but he played they went shot for shot birdie for birdie the, the entire way and going into the final three holes where where the where it came down to it appeared that on the 16th hole Ricky had Essentially, lost the tournament because he he took a bogey on a hole, and uh, no, he took a par. He took a par and on eagle birdie. Yeah, he took a par on a and on a par five hole and eagle birdied, uh, and and that was giving a two stroke lead to eagle with two to play, and it just seemed like that was that was going to be insurmountable. Watching it at the time, and um, the very next hole. Eagle proceeded to throw out of bounds on on his tee shot, and Ricky parked it for for a birdie. Eagle miraculously makes crushed
1: a par save, just
0: an incredible par save from the drop zone. Like it looked like the kind of par save where you're like, okay, Eagle's not going to give this up. You know, he's he's got it.
1: He's good. He's still got his you know, lead. We're going final he's hole. He still got his lead. Like he's, good.
0: It's a it's not a crazy hole. It's a three hundred and you know ten foot. Uh, hole that's got some OB but but you know he's got that one stroke lead and it's gonna you know it'll be fine
1: a nice clean heiser, put it out right you'll be yep. fine
0: but sure enough Eagle gets up to, to the tee Ricky has already parked it and Eagle throws OB and he's too far out to, to make his, his uh par putt from that point he takes the bogey on the 18th hole Ricky pours in his short birdie putt for the win. And after all that, throwing 47 down, Eagle loses to Ricky Wysocki. Takes second place to Ricky, who threw 48 under. Right. So here's the crazy thing.
1: Um, if you watch coverage, I mean, as far as Ricky and Eagle go, for the most part, they both played pretty good darn conservative yeah they they didn't run big eagle putts Mm -hmm. there was a lot of laying up they didn't aside from that one hole where eagle threw the crazy sky annie Mm -hmm. neither one of them went for really crazy off the tee like miracle shots they really just played clean Disc golf and threw amazing rounds.
0: They played the course as it was designed to be played. Right. Which is you, you place your shot off the tee. You get out as far as you can and, and place it in the right spot and you attack the...
1: Well, there was even a, there's a few holes even where Rick played for position and didn't yeah. even try and get deep off the tee. He just knew he could get yeah. where he wanted after that. You get to a
0: point where you could attack the basket in your second shot and that giving you that birdie opportunity. And that's what they did.
1: And I think, you know... Um, a part of it was was mistakes on Eagle at the end. But I think, you know, I think we talked about it last episode. Eagle talked about it either on his YouTube or Instagram or something that I ever heard that he had been there like a week longer than everyone. Yeah. So he had time to really know yep. what he wanted to do everywhere. Rick had less time, but you could tell like after round one, Ricky was like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. And so I think a part of it is the, you know, the experience kicked in with Ricky where he was like, now I get it. I know what I'm doing. Let's go play clean disc golf. How long is it going to be, you know, until we hear Ricky come out and say, you know, if it's me and him at the end. I, I know I've got it. I'm I, just you joking. Know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke. I see where you're going. It's a joke. But
0: I don't think that's going to happen. No, not at all. And, and this really was, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but this was a bomber's course. I mean, there are nine, this is a par 65 course. There are nine par 4s, a par 5, and eight uh, and eight par 3s. And so, those par 3s are, are
1: par 3s that I would not par. <laughs>
0: well, some of them. Either. I I would par. That's the, I take that.
1: I could par the par 3s, birdying the par 3s. Not so much. Mm-hmm. There's like a 377 uphill through garbage par 3 mm-hmm. that I'm like I can do I could do a 377 for sure on flat ground sometimes.
0: Yeah. And it, the other thing is that we talk about the hole 18 where where eagle through OB and it's a 300 foot hole, but I mean the OB was like 45 feet from the basket or or, right. 40, or 40 feet. So for most disc golfers having to land on a on a 40 foot island 300 feet out is not a gimme. And it, we we take it for granted with these pros that are that are able to do it and in in post-round interviews eagle owned it he said he choked. I, I I'm well on paper it seems that way. I don't really think that the eagle choked he, he admitted to having nerves and and I'm sure that played into it but Ricky had to play his freaking face off well I think to... I think
1: nerves and also you know you're playing four rounds in gross heat mm-hmm. and it's a bombers course you know so you're you're giving it you all a lot more than you normally are you know it's okay to be fatigued yeah. and tired and I think like physical fatigue can add to mental fatigue. Yeah. So I could see that being a part of it too. Yeah. Being a little tired. And when you're in front, when you have the lead, that wears on you more than being in the chase. For I, sure. Yeah.
0: I could see both ways. I, I I personally would... I would prefer to have the lead and protect it than hunt. Like Rick did. And it, but Well, especially my, when you're
1: hunting eagle for sure.
0: My, my point was that... that Rick was the one that that really, him putting the pressure on Eagle that entire round. I mean, he was he was not on the round before too. He was not giving up any ground, and he was letting him know he wasn't going away. And Eagle was playing the best golf of his life. Yep. Uh, and right,
1: and then and then and Ricky's not going away. Right. Well, not so, only that, but the the round before it was like you just threw the best round ever on this course except for the one that I did. Yeah.
0: And so you got the world champ just nipping at your heels the whole time and as a as a young kid I, I think I I applaud him for coming out and and saying, you know, yeah, the nerves affected me. I need to get better and and learn to to handle that pressure. But at the same time, you have the world champ just nipping at your heels and playing lights out and and just not giving you any breathing room. I know this isn't the case. So
1: I know this is not the case. But a part of me hopes there is a shit talking
0: whisper, Ricky, that we don't know about. <laughs> I know it's not true. Like like Ricky's whispering psych outs when when yes. when Eagles on the tee? Not even on the tee, Like, See, like walking.
1: Pray. Like no. Like not even on the tee. Like walking. T- Walking between teeth, be like, "I'm gonna kick your ass." I'm like,
0: "That's awful." You're, you're gonna lose it. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's that's happening at all. I'm coming for you. <laughs> that could happen. I could see that. I'm gonna get up in that. Oh god, weird.
1: Uh, totally weird. But I feel like. Why
0: did you say listen, that?
1: I love Ricky Waisaki. I picked him to place first. You did. You did.
0: Ah, uh, Joe crushed me on the picks.
1: So I I love. Ricky Waisaki. But I would not be surprised if he's like a little weird. <laughs> what? No. Like what we'll, well t- like I can see him just saying some, some weird things. I actually couldn't at all. I I guarantee he's like super cordial and like apologetic I think, I and friendly.
0: And think he's yeah, pretty. Pretty nice guy. I, I think, think so. I think you're the weird one, as evidenced by the last sixty seconds uh, of listen, this podcast. This
1: is this is episode forty nine. If you have listened to ten of those episodes, you already know I'm weird.
0: I, as is Robin. Clear. Clearly.
1: As long as you're not trying to act like you're not weird too, I, we're fine. I'm not on your level,
0: at least you, not tonight.
1: You said, well, maybe not tonight. <laughs> last episode, you got into weird stuff like right off the bat, so. <laughs> We all know you're weird, too. Anyways, I do, I do, I kind of want him to just be, like, a shit talker, though. I think that'd be hilarious. I, you know, I... Listen, I know he's
0: not. I, I just want him to be. I know, but, it. you know, he is what he is. You're going to have to accept that. You you got the most... Do you think there are The any? most Rick shit talk you got was when he won Worlds. Right. Do you think there are any shit talkers? Well, I mean, I, there are... Who in terms of of like actual in your face like, like not con- like in your like, face like, like Richard Sherman like you're right you're no- like or like <laughs> you're nothing like, and <laughs> right just
1: like subtle like like jabs throughout the day like yeah like little psychouts
0: I don't, you know I have no idea neither I, do I I doubt it because that's that's pretty much like a courtesy violation. Uh, if if someone were to do that, you could literally start getting stroked for it. Yeah, but do you want to be the guy who's like, yeah? He ab- said he said mean things to me. Warning. I I, I think anybody on the card would would absolutely because you can give a courtesy violation just like that. Like, say say Ricky Waisaki was to was to be like Steve Perry when you're walking. Up the well, no, court. totally. But <laughs> I
1: I, I just don't want to go overboard with the courtesy violations. Like, like he looked at me weird. He winked at me.
0: Well, yeah, but if he's saying some of the crap you just were, of course. Those are absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm going to get up in you. Like, that's a weird one. Yeah. That's, that's a weird one. <laughs> 100% weird and possibly highly illegal. So. Why is it illegal? I'm going to get up in you. It could be consensual. I sincerely doubt that. You don't know? I do. I do know. I do know. That's a. You need to take a time out. I don't think so. You need to take a timeout. I don't
1: think I'm getting that over the top. I think we're okay here. <laughs> I think, I think you need to. This is gonna be the first episode in a long time where like the explicit really needs to be like understood.
0: <laughs> just you know, maybe take take a play off or two. You know, take a step back, some deep breaths, and you know, just maybe think about. All right, here
1: I'll take it. I'll, I will take a
0: step back. That was not. What if, a what if step like walking
1: back. from um, from basket to tea, like being like. I would have made that putt.
0: <laughs> I could see Climo saying that. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> I would
1: hope so. I think that's the right thing I'm to sure do.
0: I'm sure there's there are things off-handed comments that are made, you know, between holes that are made by players that are overconfident in the moment that that are, you know, that are not good, but it, it definitely um I would I would highly doubt some of the other you know, explicit things you've described this evening. So, that's a that's just my thoughts on that. Whatever. But, uh, I guess I've never I've never come across that. Yeah, I think we it, like talking to each, so. each other, but never know.
1: like. And then I think uh, I think I've pointed it out on the podcast before, and I bring it up to people that we play with, especially when we're playing with like other people who are friends. We are the most like cheerleader esque people for each other when we play. Like if one of us has a horrible drive off the tee, we're always the one to be like, "It's coming back. It's coming. Oh, be- it's nothing back. It's fine. It's Ugh. fine. Oh, you're good. Don't worry about it. You you got that putt. I'm I'm you sure get that putt all day. I'm it,
0: sure that family picnicking over there on the other side of the fence is fine. I don't I don't think you hit them that hard. Right.
1: But that's. Totally who we are. It's like, oh, it's fine. Oh, I hit a tree. Like, you're good. Like, I've seen you hit that putt. You've got it. And we've played with people or seen people play that are like, oh, that was awful. Oh, that's bad. That's not good. You're not. We're definitely like super cheaters. Like, it's all good. It's fine. We're all going to be. It's
0: it's good. I swear I felt an earthquake on that last putt. (laughs) I think that's not two
1: meters up. No. I mean, I don't have a measuring tape, but you're good. Just go with it. But because we're so much like that, I guarantee the opposite exists.
0: I, I'm sure. I mean, they, they're very competitive at, at at those levels, but I think they're also professionals, you know. Well, true. So I, I think that there's a pretty.
1: What about like backhand? Pretty good like, chance that they don't do that at all. What about backhand? Like, oh, great putt!
0: <laughs> you really nailed that drive. I think that if you are playing at that level. And you are taking the time to think about saying things like that, you're not focusing on your own game and it will show. Listen,
1: it just flows off the top,
0: alright? I, I don't need to take so. time to come up with this genius. I don't think so. It just rolls. No, I don't I don't think that's how it works. Not not with a game that is like hugely mental. That's why I'm
1: not good at it. So. Also, like because of physical traits. Yeah. <laughs> and the ability to play a lot. Um, and fitness, yeah, and like being old and broken.
0: <laughs> oh, and the drinking. Trying trying to focus on another player's demise in your in your disc golf round is not going to help you play better. So I I, I think that most professional disc golfers know that and don't don't do that. I mean, I know I think, you really I want think, it to happen. I think
1: we have something to test out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens
0: well what were we talking about (laughs) i i personally was really rooting for eagle down the stretch not only because i picked ricky wysocki to play second in my skip base picks so it kind of really messed those up but it was really great to see him play to the best of his ability i think and and he could have played better on those last holes but I think we're going to see great things from this year, from him this year, and that he really could be a force along with with Paul and Ricky, with his ability to, I, he just absolutely crushes. Right. And
1: that's that's the biggest thing that I come away with, and I already knew it before, and and in recent tournaments too that CCDG has had up, but he has an absolute cannon. Yes ridiculous arm yep ridiculous like
0: insane it's pretty amazing
1: i'm so bummed Colin didn't play by the way and
0: and making an supremely overstable plastic look like the flippiest scrap in the world just incredible what what he can do and i really hope that that he has a great year and and it seems like he's going to be a factor in in the major tournaments in the majors this year i I, you know I, obviously like, there's there's no way is Eagle gonna all right is Eagle going to win a major this year? Yes. Okay. Is he going to win more than one? Should we set our first prop bet on over okay. under on on, on Eagle, Eagle majors? You have to set the number. And I
1: know. I think I know what the number is, and I don't like either side of it. Okay. Got but to. I really think that the number is one point five. Ooh, I'll take the over. I know you will.
0: I like it. I I like what I saw. I think we're watching a kid mature before our eyes and the the mistakes that he made in the USDGC and the, you know, the the sli- Well,
1: and he rectified the majority of that. Like he, did. he
0: didn't go for the cr- he, he wasn't,
1: you know, uh full speed ahead trying to do the big mm-hmm. booming He was playing strategic and smart and doing things he knew how to do and just fell apart mm-hmm. ever so slightly on the very last hole yeah and it's like one of those things where you can't be upset losing really when the person who won was playing that well too yeah you know it's like and you lost
0: the world champ you know yep. it, it's one of those things it's it, ricky played out of his mind to come back and win and I don't think this is. It's not like it's not like Eagle gave up five strokes at the end of a round and and just collapsed. He had a couple of small lapses at the very end, and and his competitor just didn't make a mistake. Yep, yeah, that's really so, what it was. Rick didn't make mistakes. So, and that's that's really. I mean his his biggest mistakes in the entire round were pars.
1: You know how many rounds we've had. Where I haven't thrown amazing, but I only had a bogey or or no bogey. It's like, you know what? I only threw minus two, but I had zero bogeys. Awesome. I'm super stoked. Yep. And to throw minus 16 Mm -hmm. with zero bogeys on a mega course is insane. Yep. Oh, by the way, that's not his best score on the
0: course. He crushed the course record by, by like, four strokes, shooting 17 under in, in uh, was, was it the second round or was it the third round? It's the second round. Yeah, second round. So, that, uh, just unbelievable stuff. I, I, I feel bad for Eagle, but I'm overall just really excited for what he can do in the future. Yep. And I think that he's got a good head on his shoulder. And I think
1: that over under, you know the good thing that makes me feel okay about having the under is Ricky exists Mm -hmm. and Paul exists. Uh And I know Paul didn't show as much, but he did enough that I'm still like, Paul's going to Paul.
0: No, I understand that taking the over on 1.5 is, it's, I think is, is optimistic. It is. And it's totally, so totally plausible.
1: It could be three. Yeah. It could be four. Like, it's super super plausible.
0: It it's it's great. I wouldn't be surprised, and and I I uh, I hope that he has a great season. And like I feel like he's fun to watch.
1: I think tournaments that Ricky and Paul don't play in, I would be all. If I was a betting man, I would be all in on on Eagle mm-hmm. running away with it.
0: And the other thing that we've seen from him this year that it, you know hasn't been in previous years, or maybe we just didn't see it enough, but dude also crushes a forehand. So, oh, so ridiculous forehand. He really has all the shots. He's
1: moving on, and you brought this up. I don't know if you did when we were just hanging out or on a podcast, but we always talk about the top forehands, and you brought up. He needs to now be in that conversation. For I sure think, he does. I think so.
0: I mean, he has that, that long-range forehand, that controlled forehand, and it it... It needs to be – it's a force. It's it's something that needs to be reckoned. So it was fun to watch. I'm just so excited to have the coverage. I'm probably going to watch the Aussie Open a couple times over oh, yeah. on, on Spin TV at this point just because I'm so starved for disc golf. Though it has been great that Central Coast Disc Golf has been releasing things that were filmed earlier in the year that they're finally getting around to – To, you know, to recording commentary for. So that's been nice to see some of those. those I'll be honest, I haven't haven't watched the Masters.
1: Yeah. Or the... Yeah, it's Masters. That's it. I'm not sure. I don't know. They put something up in the last couple days. A couple that I just haven't watched.
0: Oh, the St. Jude. St. Jude just went up. Yeah,
1: St. Jude just went up. And I think they put one up a few days before. I haven't watched any of them yet. I know I will.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. St. Jude just went up with Nate Sexton on the mic. Right.
1: Can Nate Sexton
0: just be commentary for every disc golf video there is? Yeah, that would be great. I mean Nate, if you want to take over this podcast, we're down. Like you can But like It's all yours.
1: Can, well here's the tough part though.
0: I'm gonna be honest, Nate. Joe's I'll creepy. be honest
1: with both Nates. Das and Sexton. We brought this up before. You guys can definitely just have our podcast. But the caveat which You probably won't be stoked about, like, Rob and I get to hang out while you do it. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: What is wrong with you? You did it again. You already creeped out everyone earlier with your get-up in it, and now you want to hang out while while the Nates do it? That's disgusting.
1: You just made it sound way weirder (laughs) than it needed to be. You just made it sound real weird.
0: Listen, man. Real fast. You... You... You just, you've crossed a lot of lines in this episode
1: You're the, no, that was you crossing a line right there That was 100% you You made it super weird Where it did not need to be So
0: don't act like that's on me Because it's not I'm sorry Nates But if if you want to put a restraining order against Joe I'll understand But you know, we could still be friends
1: See, now you're making it even weirder I don't even want to say what you just said again cuz it was over the top.
0: Mhm. Well, you Anyways.
1: Know. Anyways.
0: Joe's got to think that Nate Sexton
1: would have been a very good uh commentator for the Aussie Open which he was not. The commentating was good.
0: I I We had some good guests. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, it was it was good. I I uh I got I got no real complaints it, i I would have liked to you know Jamie Thomas finally showed up in the, in the in the last round and I'm a huge fan of, of Jamie's and and was wondering why he wasn't there for some of the other ones but I'm, I'm sure there's a good reason for that and would I, I really liked the the two person format right. and when it was just Jamie alone I, I would have liked to have Avery with him or one of the other players. Uh, to go in there to give some more insight on, it would on those awesome rounds. also right, like
1: Jamie and Monoboo. Y- yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure that would be interesting. Does Mon- uh, I,
1: I have no clue. There's a very good chance that he speaks English, but there's a also equally <laughs> very good chance that he does not speak English at all.
0: I, I'm, I'm not sure at, at all honest i was really hoping but, you would take
1: uh, like a hard line in one direction <laughs> and then, with yeah. zero knowledge but whatever
0: but uh, overall i i enjoyed it one thing that that kind of i the the mention of the bullseye over and over again in the broadcast i kind of like i get what they're trying to do they're they're promoting their their brand and and their statistics that they're incorporating on the disc golf world tour website and bullseye is one of them where they're hitting this small circle but I felt it was a little overdone, and, and I would rather
1: hear them say, "Oh, great, he's within ten meters, or within three meters."
0: Yep, yeah, I, I, they really do. I, I don't think it needs a name for. I mean, we commonly say "parked," yep. you know, or something along those lines,
1: right? And, and I think that's kind of the fun of like CCDG. Like, I think my, my vocabulary for "parked" has exponentially grown yeah. via CCDG. Yeah.
0: And those are great terms that I think should just be universally understood. And the fact that every time someone gets close, it was a bullseye. I, I wasn't a big fan of that. I, th- I think they should kind of revisit that and, and, and maybe not try to 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 brand that as a phrase as much. I just don't, I don't see it as something that that you're going to hear people say, um, in, in terms of getting that close to the basket. So I, I got a little little bored of that. So I that was What'd my biggest. Would be cooler complaint? if every
1: time they were they were like. You couldn't be closer than that unless you were in the basket.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that like
1: I, every yeah. single time. Like I think that's the thing. It's the monotony, like doing it over and over and over, is where it's yeah gets annoying. Yes, you know some of those cool phrases are fun, but if you say it every single time, I'm I'm over it.
0: Yeah, and and to me, you know, like every a,
1: single putt. Nothing but chains. Yeah. Nothing but chains.
0: Yeah. I don't want to hear that. I, and you know, I don't know. To me, a bullseye is actually putting it in the basket. To be honest, right? Like if, if you is? get a bullseye in a dartboard, it's not exactly like putting it in a, in a three meter circle around around a disc golf basket. A bullseye is making the shot. Yeah. So you know, I I don't I don't think that it's the I, there could be another word they could use for it that that would maybe work. I don't know what that would be. On, I think you should broadcast I think you, take a, use,
1: I think you take a breath. Think about it and then tell us what that term
0: should be. <laughs> I have no idea. For for lack of a better one, I'm totally fine with the usage of part. But,
1: but like why not bring in like another sporting term that uh signifies something of like rare occurrence that is awesome.
0: Like just a bit outside I was gonna say Yahtzee.
1: But that's a good one too.
0: <laughs> Just a bit outside. Yeah.
1: I think I think uh Yahtzee <laughs> All right, so when we start commentating. I think that'd be worse. It's my catchphrase, it's fine. I think that'd be worse. It's fine. I don't I, it's like probability. Can and I half, take it like back?
0: Let's go back to Bullseye. Nope, too late. But that was really uh, other than that, I, I enjoyed the the com the commentary from Eagle and uh and, and that was that was Really, very enjoyable. Rick got on there for for the first time, so we had a whole round of Rick, who is very matter of fact and and you know describes exactly what's going on. It's still interesting. He's not adding too much color to the conversation, right. but he's telling you I exactly. Like Paul on
1: there too, like that yeah. takes guts to get on there and be like. They played really well, and I pooped a little bit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but so I I enjoy that part of it, putting Avery on there with those guys. I it with with Avery. Would you have known that he played in the tournament? No, from from his commentary. I mean, I knew he did, but I would not from his commentary. Yeah. Know. So uh, that was the one part from from him where I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe tell us how your round went right. or like right
1: because he had like a really bad first round and then he pulled together and he ended up finishing tenth. Yeah. So he had a good he had a good tournament and that's I was I liked seeing that because. I think everyone loves them some Avery Jenkins, or they should, but he's kind of been in and out. You know, he's a father now. He's like the ambassador for mm-hmm. Inova. So it was cool to see him get out and do some work, and I would have liked him to talk about yeah. his rounds and be like, oh, yeah, like, I threw into OB on this, and man, it was a tough hole, or, oh, yeah, like, that's a great shot. I threw something similar or whatever. I totally... Or, Totally or, agree. What I would love what I would really love in all honesty from a commentator, especially like an Avery Jenkins being like, Hey, on this hole, I ripped a turn or something like I pulled out this disc because I wanted to do this and that. I really enjoy the insight of of um disc selection.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. Me too. And they
1: did it here and there, which is fine, which is cool. And and some of my favorite videos, and I, CCDG does it a good amount of time, but when they pop up, like the disc that they're throwing, I love that. Yeah. I, Me too. I love knowing what they throw and knowing what a disc is capable of. Mm hmm. You know, and, and obviously in like various states of wear and heat and whatnot, but that.
0: It, that's like it's a bonus. Really nice. It's. it's, I
1: it's, agree. it's super cool Mm -hmm. um you know i know there's another podcast out there i don't know the name of it but they talk about flight numbers and how they don't like flight numbers and i think that makes sense but when someone can give you more insight to what a disc does when you're watching it on screen or understanding it Mm -hmm. that that definitely helps more than flight numbers but it helps you kind of get that baseline too
0: yeah so to close out our our uh, Aussie Open coverage We gotta talk about the ladies And this, oh, yeah. this was a Particularly historic uh, Event for this tournament Because this tournament was also A USDGC qualifier So the top 10 scores for players that Weren't already qualified Automatically got a bid to the USDGC which does not Have an FPO division So Paige Pierce Who won by a mile Literally
1: right, and she did not have a good final round, which is the craziest part.
0: She did she did not have a good final round, but she finished at six under, same as Avery Jenkins, mind you, uh, to be the eleventh overall uh, player and got an automatic bid to the USDGC. So, in a division of all these these you know players, Paige Pierce, one of the top female pros, ended up finishing eleventh overall and. Got herself a bid to the USDGC. so
1: that's fantastic. So here, so we talked about a little bit like being Eagles coming out party, and I feel like partially it's it's um it's not Paige Pierce coming out party because we all know who she is, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's her <clears throat> DD coming out party. Yeah, I think she is re-energized. I agree. She has a bag that she understands. She's with. Uh, Company that she loves, mm-hmm. where she started.
0: um Yeah, and there's she,
1: no, you know, there's. A, it is not possible to have a hole in your bag when you're throwing trilogy. I agree. When you're throwing trilogy, when you're throwing Innova, uh, probably Discraft for that matter, a little bit too. Like, if there's a hole in your bag, it's on you.
0: Yeah, and you know, Page started with with uh, with Dynamic Disc before they even they even had discs well before they and, bef-
1: before they manufactured before they yeah. even like i think before they even manufactured in-house before they went over to sweden yep
0: very much so so she's obviously very excited and you can see there's been a lot of great posts on the dynamic discs uh social media accounts on youtube there's been some really great videos that that uh, there's a casual round with her and eric mccabe that i really enjoyed watching and you can tell she's having a good time and, and throwing well. So looking forward to seeing Paige battle it out the rest of the year. It, you know, the rest of the of the uh, female card, Jennifer Allen came in in second place at 14 over. Um, well, you
1: know, just 20 strokes behind.
0: Yeah, and then Madison Walker at 22 over and, and Des Redding at, at, uh, at sorry, 28 over. Um, so that was your, your female card. We'll, we'll go back to the, the final for the the men. We had Ricky Wysocki coming in in first place at 48-under. Eagle McMahon coming in in second place at 47-under. Paul McBeth coming in in third place at 38-under. Manabu Kajiyama coming in in fourth place at 34-under. And Philo Brathwaite coming in in fifth place at 31-under. Uh, Pasi Koivu coming in in sixth at 26-under. Greg Barsby, Joe's guy, coming in 7th at 19-under. And then at 8th, we had two guys tied. Uh, Robinson and I'm not – hold on. Uh, Lucas Rackanen. And right, so I it, may have slaughtered his, his name. No, yeah, you probably just did. Just then. I
1: mean, it's like it's like saying like Passy or Posse. Mm-hmm. Or Pausi, like I feel like I heard. You know, I'm not gonna name any names, but I feel like I heard someone pronounce his name like six different ways Could've throughout been. the tournament. Oh, so. so here's the thing, I I wanted Monabu in my skip ace. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. Yeah. So I went away from convention and went Greg Barsby. Yes, you did because he is awesome. And then, and and then I realized that. There's good food, heat, and good beer in Australia. Maybe you shouldn't have picked bars. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> My question to Skip Ace is, since Manubu wasn't in there, does Philo count as fourth place? Because I picked Philo for fourth place. No, he does not. So, like, No, does... he does not, because he did not get fourth place. I'm really hoping that he does.
1: I Actually, I do feel like you are going to... So, here's the thing. Skip Ace, we love you. You're awesome. You're free. Can we get scores up? Because <laughs> I don't know where it's going to sit, So there is a chance that we will kind of even out in points. Because I ended up with Barsby, who was further out, there's a chance that we'll be the same points. Could be, yeah. Which I don't like. Well, you know. Because I should be destroying you right now because of Monoboo, I, I, but I he will, wasn't there.
0: I, I will concede. You picking the winner is the tiebreaker. So when we do our picks for our next tournament, you certainly right. you certainly get to go first. Good, because you pick the winner. So good. That's absolutely. I'm into it.
1: Yeah. Nate Doss is fourth. Okay. I'll just tell you that right now. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. If he's playing, <laughs> obviously. If, if he's not in that tournament, I'm not going to pick him.
0: <laughs> you have any final thoughts for the Aussie Open?
1: Super cool course. I think uh, we saw at least two players coming out, guns blazing, amazing, but I also don't think it's enough to write off the others. Yeah. Super small sample size. I do still have nothing but respect for Paul McBeth, and I feel like counting him out at this point and feeling like he's gonna be like no, third place no, definitely not in tournaments is so here let's do this right now so we put eagle at the at the 1.5 over under I'm gonna put I'm not gonna put Ricky because it's gonna be over but uh-huh. let's put Paul at the same <clears throat> 1.5 oh
0: it's definitely over right yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: I just make sure we're. on the same. Well, let's not do that Certainly. back then, because it's a dumb bet. Because I really don't want it. That's ridiculous. I just want to make sure. Oh we're come on! The same on you just, no, no, you no, 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 no! No, that's ridiculous. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. I would
0: love for you to lose. I know,
1: because he's gonna, he's gonna do work, and I feel yeah. like a lot of the pieces of his game were doing really well. You do have to factor in the whole travel, stuff yeah. in the head. um you threw some bombs. And you know, we overshot. We didn't bring it up at all. Paul McBeth eagled the par five twice yeah. in the tournament. He was the only eagle on that hole, and he did it twice in the tournament.
0: Pretty One amazing. One of them
1: was like crazy mega, like 110 feet. Yeah. But the other was like 55, which is totally like a range that, you know that Rick
0: and him... Are are pretty... Uh, are pretty... You know, you... It's a 50-50. Like, kind of you know. like us from 15 feet.
1: I would say 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, 15. No, 50. Yeah, okay, 15. <laughs> I might even say 20 for, like, the... It could happen. It probably... You know. You know, it... wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah. I'd feel good about it, yeah. though. <laughs> so, you know, and and that was one where he really... You know, went the unconventional, but it wasn't, like, crazy shots off the tee. He, I think, uh Rick threw rollers, and uh Eagle played for position, and he just threw insane air shots. Yeah. Both times. Insane, like, that 550 range, off the tee, clean center fairway, and then another, like, Crazy upshot. He's got the tools, which we all know. Like that's yeah. not, it's but definitely... but he's, he can he can hit them all. I think is all I'm trying to say is he didn't do it in concert. He didn't do it consistently like Rick did and Eagle did throughout the tournament. Mm-hmm. But there's no worry that they're not there.
0: Absolutely not. This is not jump ship on Paul Macbeth time. Right. Absolutely not. He's, I think this is he's a... still he's still a a force and and. Could very possibly end the year as as the the world champion, yep. and yep. and I I don't think there's any doubt about. I
1: think that. it's a Philo, which is like kind of the forever world on Philo. Mm-hmm. We kind of skipped over Philo. Great tournament, you know, and that's the thing. It's like really like the three through ten had really good tournaments. Mm-hmm. Just one and two were head and shoulders above everyone and destroyed. Yep and and you, it happens it happens sometimes and mm-hmm. it's been you know we've seen we've seen paul be that guy who's 10 strokes 15 strokes ahead of everyone we've seen rick be that guy it's it's going to be a long year i'm really excited to see where it go, goes and we've got two dudes that didn't even play in this we have more than two guys but there's two guys that i'm so excited to see do some work this year mm-hmm. i'm so excited for coling to mm-hmm. see with his Innova bag. Um, I don't think we've ever made any bones about it. Robin and I throw a lot of Innova. Mm-hmm. We know Innova well. It's exciting to know that people are going to throw things you throw. And you know how they work. And, and see them cool, do cool things with them. And then... Simon. Yep. I'm so pumped for Simon. Yep. Like, if Simon needs time and it's like three months before he comes back, that's a bummer. But... I'm still pumped. Yes. As soon as Simon gets out to a tournament and does Simon things I'm so ecstatic for.
0: Yes. I we're we're looking ahead to a, a beautiful disc golf season and Simon is one of the ones, calling with his with his new Innova bag and and Simon coming back from injury. It, it we got some real excitement and it's it's not just Paul versus Ricky anymore, I don't think. No.
1: You no, know, and Eagle is in that conversation and he will be every mm-hmm. tournament. Even if even if he which he won't, even if he goes on a tear of not performing for two or three tournaments, mm-hmm. you don't count him out. No. He's not and he's and, and you know, and I think he was one that you could in years previous and he kinda ramped up at the end of last year, mm-hmm. but still I think the nerves got to him even more so and he kinda fell apart more. And this is a testament right now that the mental game is way more there than it has been before and he is going to be someone that you just can't count out and it's so cool to have so many pros that are that could take a tournament
0: yep i agree with, great. without a it, doubt it sucks for us having to make picks but it's it's awesome to watch and and, and the, the awesome level the of sport. play is is continuing to be upped. And each of these players is, is taking more and showing that they can make that shot and do it consistently. It, it's just great to watch and we're just you know and out of our like, minds excited. Right. For...
1: And it's a cycle of disc golf. And I feel like we <clears throat> when we are out on the course, I think every time we go out, we like tend to you know run into someone here and there that we just are impressed with. I think overall the level level of disc golf is going up. From top to bottom.
0: I agree. Yeah. That's I'm excited. Great. Me too. So thank you so much for listening to our Aussie Open episode. We're going to throw out another one. This is episode 49. We'll drop episode 50 later this weekend. Uh, that'll cover some more traditional topics. And, and, and some deer review. And we'll do our disc and beer pairing. Joe, why don't you tell tell everyone where to find us on social media.
1: So you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at the disc Pod. You can find us on Instagram at The Disc Golf Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Disc Golf Podcast. We're on Stitcher and iTunes and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep. We have this really cool group that we alluded to earlier, this Slack group, which is just a great communication app. It is for everyone. It's for if you are two weeks into playing disc golf and you want to learn more, If you've been playing for 20 years and you're a 1,000 rated, it's for you too. It's a great place to talk with other disc golfers who are into it. It's a great place to get advice. It's a great place to give advice. Learn about new discs. Learn about old discs. It's just super cool. Yeah. We also have the uh, Raptor Range, which is our phone line. You can call in, leave us a message. That is 707-939-5476. We'd love to hear from you and if you got a cool message we'll play it on the podcast,
0: yeah and send us a message at any one of our social media outlets and we'll add you to our slack group you can also send us an email right at the disc golf podcast at gmail dot com just tell us you want to join and we'll send you we'll get you in there right away so
1: and unless you send it like four a m our time we're gonna get you a, an invite within like three minutes. <laughs>
0: Yes, we'll do our best. So thank you again for listening. We had a great time. If you haven't watched it yet, get out there, watch the Spin TV videos of the Aussie Open. Excellent coverage and just elite play from all the players. It's a must-watch. You got to do it. So in the meantime, I hope you have a great weekend and you get to get out and play some disc golf. Get out there and throw some stuff at stuff.